I want to talk about some of the most terrifying things that ever happened to me, because nobody, everybody probably could figure this out, given, like, my work history in 20 minutes of listening to Mammonberg episodes. But I actually used to be a scare actor. I used to work at Six Flags Great Adventure, if anyone's been there. I used to work as a clown, a scary clown. And uh, I've been told I can't do the voice because it's too scary. Wah, wah, it's too scary. I'll do it later in the episode to freak everybody out. But, so, I used to, like, put on little voices and, like, go up to people and scare them. I used to, like, go up to people and do little, like, finger gun duels. I used to, like, challenge people to Mexican standoffs and just, like, pull out little finger guns and just be like, Hey, Buster, put them up! Like, stuff like that. It was just very funny. It was great. This is a lot of backstory. Like, this explains uh, so much. The most terrifying thing that ever happened to me was uh, my first year there, I wasn't a clown. I was in the dark trail, and this guy who's, like, rocked out of his mind, like, just starts wandering through it. Like, he wasn't with a group or anything. He just was walking through the trail, and he bumped into me, dropped, like, a sack of what I... some sort of drug, and somehow through the darkness, he could see me. Despite the fact that, like, the the trail has no illumination whatsoever. Yeah. But he, like, looked into my eyes beyond my mask. And he was just like, Haha, sorry, man. I got it. Picked up his, like, sack of drugs that he dropped and just, like, waddled off. And I never saw him again. <laughs> he, he didn't even leave through, like... He didn't even leave through the trail's exit. He left through, like, one of the exit doors. Like, one yeah. of the emergency exits. And I just, like, I was just standing there awestruck because I'm like, who is this guy? What guy sort of rocks. drugs did he, like, like smuggle through here? How did he see me? And where did he go? I I would like to go to, like, uh, some sort of haunted thing like that on, like, mushrooms. That'd be cool. <laughs> it was so fun. Do you watch that was, or that was your my brain? most fun experience. Yeah. Or, you know, I could just record an episode of Mammonberg on mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> That would be amazing. <laughs> most unbearable episode of Mammonberg, and that's the thing. Well, I think it'd mostly be me being quiet, and then every once in a while I'd be like, this is so fucked up, man. <laughs> <laughs> so you're Joe Rogan? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Just uh, occasionally I'd start laughing really hard at a joke, like, because everybody else is, and then I would try to explain why I found it funny, and it wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> Jack will find the clip. Right, do we want to? Do we want to launch this episode? Yeah, yeah we can. Uh, we can do it. Uh, it's something we can find. The top This is the Ram Halloween special. All right. Uh, <clears throat> darkness falls across the land. The midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of blood to terrorize y'all's neighborhood. And whatsoever shall be found without a soul for getting down must stand and face the hounds of hell and rot inside a corpse's shell. The foulest stench is in the air, the funk of 40,000 years, and grisly gruels from every tomb are closing in to seal your doom. And though you fight to stay alive, your body starts to shiver. For no mere mortal can resist the evil of the thriller. 
You walk into a fog-shrouded graveyard. A stake in one hand and a lantern in the other. Mm -hmm. You walk around the tombstones that are all decrepit and moss-covered. You read one. It says, Adam Smith, and pass it quickly. (laughs) Out of the darkness emerges a figure. She is wearing goggles and a hastily put-together lab coat with long gloves. It's me, Dr. Finchenstein! (laughs) And I am here to take you through Mammonburg. We have a very special episode today, and I am accompanied by my three co-hosts. Behind me, three other figures manifest. They are... (laughs) Jackal. 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 <laughs> I'm, 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 slasher. I'm supposed to be fucking silent. <laughs> welcome, welcome, one and all, to this very particular episode of Mammonberg. We have such sights to show you. Such sights. <laughs> Josiah. Uh, yes, I'm the polygamist. (laughs) That's so scary. (laughs) And Phil! Hi everybody, it's me, Phil of the Club! Yay! Welcome to Mammonburg! It's it's psychotic, and I hate you all! (sighs) And I am, of course... As I said before, Dr. Finchenstein, and I've taken a break from building guys in my lab to get mad at, to take you on a... (laughs) (laughs) To take you on a horse-drawn hearse tour through our humble little abode, the capitalist hellscape known as Mammonburg. That's right. Let us begin... Need to need to put this axe out to take off uh, take off this uh, this this mask. It gets kind of hard to talk in this. <laughs> <laughs> Ignore the blood that that came from nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's strawberry jam. It's strawberry jam. <laughs> <laughs> but you just said it was blood. No, it's not blood. What, the, what are you talking about? Are you talking about blood? I, I'm, like, covered in, like, chocolate syrup, and I'm like, oh, I thought it was going to be in black and white, so I thought this would work, but... Of course the polygamist thinks in black and white. I was going to go for the Hitchcock thing. Uh, So wait, you were going to be a a misogynist? Well, yes, I am the polygamist. (laughs) That that would make sense. That would track. Are you going to tie a guy to... Wait, wait, if you're doing the Alfred Hitchcock thing, you have to, like, you have to, like, walk into a room and be like... Profile. How terribly I awful! I I thought that you all were gonna just be classic Hollywood monsters, but no, Josiah just comes in as the polygamist. <laughs> well, I was trying to fit the theme of the general shepherd, you know, the shepherd. Oh, uh, it also makes me think of um, Bart Brell, a friend of the show, who switched he he switched his um, handle on Twitter. He was like, I, I, you know, he said it. He's like, I'm gonna do the, something that is terrifying to every Western theologian, and then changed his name to monogamy. That's <laughs> awesome. Oh my god, Barth. Oh, oh my god, Barth. Why did it right. taste like my dude tweet? I'm sorry. What? Sorry, what? I just out of nowhere. A priest like yeah, my dude tweet. Yeah, they should be uh, doing theology, not 
Dune. Priests are natural Dune fans. Uh, yeah, true. priests Dune love Dune. <laughs> <laughs> we everybody knows this. Uh, I snap the reins and the two black horses uh, start pulling our giant hearse. Wait, why are the horses black? It goes on theme! Why why are you gonna make this into a... Oh my god. white woman subjugating black horses? What the fuck? It was just a a specifying detail and then Phil racialized. Yeah, it's Phil. You were the one who racialized it. So I want you to do me a favor when you get the chance. I want you to pull up a mirror and say jackal in the mirror five times and we'll see what happens later. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, that, yeah. Speaking of that, we were talking off mic about the uh, that that TikTok witch that tried to summon Papa Legba and then died. So, <laughs> wait, yeah. Papa like Legba. the white right the, the white, no, the no, white no, no, no. witch who tried to who tried but, uh, to summon an African spirit to kill to to curse her ex girlfriend <laughs> who was black. Yeah. yeah, we're talking about Papa Ligma, right? Oh uh, no! Don't so do not enable him, Josiah. Don't don't no no no. Hey Phil. No, Josiah? Yeah. Josiah? No, 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 stop, stop. Josiah. Josiah, Josiah, Josiah son no. of a bitch. Shut, okay, all right, all right. I, won't, I won't do it, I won't do it, I'm sorry. <laughs> shut up, I swear to God, if you do it. I just, like, don't understand why a white woman thought that, like, summoning a loa to screw with a black woman was a good idea. Was a good it's almost as if she really yeah, had no idea what she was actually dealing with. It was just basically like cosplay. Well, it, it, this is like, because we were talking about like TikTok witches and stuff like trying, like on t- at least, you know, trying to summon like payment and shit. It's like, I, I have to believe they don't actually believe this stuff's real because like for me, like that sounds like if I believe that payment is real, I don't want to summon payment. If it's gonna actually bring, <laughs> I, yeah, I wonder how I many TikTok witches don't who, expect uh, it to work. Yeah, who, well, who I exactly like? like what, I don't know uh, if it's who, like. Sorry, Jackal. Let me just say this as a white woman speaking on white women culture. Um, <laughs> I just don't because, like, I don't know if they're saying well, demons are actually good to be contrarian or you know own own their christian parents or if they just don't take it seriously or they like are like well if i do this ritual then it'll do things for me like that's the yeah. part like that's the disconnect i don't get because as you- well a lot of new age philosophy is extremely egotistical it kind of like mm. you're the center of cosmology and nothing you can do yeah. wrong all like cosmological entities circle around you and you can just like pick and choose what you want to summon and there won't be any consequences for yeah. it yeah, and, and uh, bouncing off that, hey Phil, what's Ligma? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, carry on. I hate you. <laughs> I hate both of you so much. Jekyll's the only person on this podcast I respect. Just, uh, I want you to do me a favor when you when you're. Tonight, when you're uh, when you're at your bathroom mirror, I want you to say "Jackal in the mirror" five times. <laughs> I want you to see what happens. I think I'm, I'm gonna title this episode "Say Jackal Five Times" <laughs> because that's a good, great line. Uh, All right. Anyway, TikTok witches is that what you're talking about? Right. I was going to make a point before yeah. it got derailed by Jack, by, I'm so- by Josiah. <clears throat> Deciding that he's going to break his promise, like every white man does. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> in my white guilt, 
Jackal, could you finish your point? <laughs> Every Thursday is Halloween for Jackal on this show. Yesterday. <laughs> Yesterday. I mean, how many of these bits are just like you or Phil doing something, or me to a lesser extent, and then Jackal just reacting in horror? I mean, that's like about fifty <laughs> percent of our content. That's the ethos of the show, I think, at this point. <laughs> I don't know. It it does fit the whole this is like Christian Comtown thing, because that's half of what Comtown is, is Nick Mullen being like, you know what I think about Puerto Ricans? And then the other two being like, no, 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 who exactly watched Hereditary and thought, that's cool, I want that to happen to me. <laughs> yeah, I don't think yes! the takeaway from Hereditary was, that was cool. That's so, cool. I want to try that. I, I went to see that movie with my fiancé. Like, that was when she had moved in. And we were just sitting there, like, we'll never forget, because as a filmmaker, you just sit there and you're just like, yes, here's all the small little grotesque details that make my spine twingle. And, like, there's that yeah. one shot where uh, the mother is, like, sawing off her own head with piano wire, and the look yep. she gives, the look that she gives to the protagonist, like, I think Finn Wolf's character, uh, is just, it kind of reminds me of that one frame of The Exorcist, where they show Pazuzu's face, and I was like, oh. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. And there was apparently a good chunk of the audience that saw that and was like, that's empowering. How exactly is that? Like, how is that? Like, this is about. I don't know. Like, no matter what, like, either if you read this as uh, as metaphorical or that this is an actual supernatural event that's happening, it's the story of a family collapsing in on itself from from like this old like from the sins of the past just coming to destroy a family through like trauma. Yeah. Well, as a white woman from Tumblr, all I can say is, Sismen. Girl, what girl about boss, wait? What about uh, that so one? Deep. What about that one Tumblr witch who like was literally grave robbing? <gasps> yeah, I remember that. She like yeah, stole I, like I bones, and it was like a lo- it was like a poor person cemetery. I think it was like yeah, it was like, a pop- I think it might have been a popper. <gasps> and then that still, yeah. well, and this, didn't this whole discourse get redone again because someone on TikTok was tr- at least saying they were doing the oh, same the, thing? Yeah, like boy. he was stealing the bones from guy? like Sammy, Sammy. Uh, yeah, the, the indigenous uh, of uh, of Scandinavia. Um, a lot uh, of people. And also, did I... you did you did you about that anthropologist who was talking about how she didn't want the date uh, indigenous uh, American <laughs> to to get the bones? That was yeah, no, 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 no. Didn't want the, no, didn't no, because I mean that is like bones. Because she no, 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 like no, wait, wait, uh, hold on, hold on, let let the minority speak. Uh, <laughs> I'm invoking the black card. <laughs> But but Jackal, you all I'm know. No, Jackal, no, shut up and tell me. No, Phil, no, stop. <laughs> the uh, her her whole thing was uh, that she was very upset and wanted their wanted the uh, this the indigenous uh, this indigenous group in California. She wanted them to not get uh, the bones that were stolen from them from this uh, from this university. Um, she didn't want it to go back to them because she didn't want them to go through uh, those, those those dirty religious rituals 
and that we we need to be like we needed to be scientific about human science bones. over religion. I mean, oh no no and no no, no. that's a big no no. Wrote, and she also wrote a paper about skull shapes with indigenous <gasps> people because of course yeah that was oh, okay no. that was the fucking funniest thing ever because yes yeah, somebody was like digged into her dug into her name and was like hey this you it was like a whole ass phrenology paper from That's like, like ten like, years ago man like archaeology you really flip a coin because like sometimes you'll have people who will just like you'll have like an archaeology department that'll just like s- like censor uh, like sacred burial sites from their documents so that like people won't go and look for them and then you have these people on the other side we should go i'm glad (laughs) we started out this episode by talking about the scariest thing there really is which is uh, white white people white women is what i was (laughs) i think think, uh well actually no as the as the sole uh as the sole uh non-white person here i'll say white people fucking terrified you people are weird (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. We might <laughs> I mean, be writing. Sh- as I said before, uh, quoting I think Bill Burr, uh, you know, we might have been riding shotgun, but you guys were driving. So don't. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, if you guys watch any of those, because like they've made the illustrious uh, hit film Karen, a mm-hmm. horror movie about dealing with a white woman, which isn't very good, I've heard. Terrifying. But the premise is also kind of stupid. However. In reality, that is terrifying. There are those videos of that lady, that one lady who, like, with the long black hair who looks like a fucking banshee. Oh, God. Coming up to that, like, poor black guy who's just like, um, excuse me, is this your property? And as somebody who works, like, still works in retail and food service, like, your spine just, like, tingles when you see one of these people. Oh, yeah. You you learn to be scared of a specific type of, like, upper-middle-class white woman if you ever worked a service job. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They're terrifying. They'll just, like, stare into your soul and be like, excuse me, I didn't get any ranch with my order. Uh, Try and deal with them when they buy liquor. That's a... Uh, I I once had an upper middle class white woman tell me that uh, if I'm going to be such a pussy about my job, I should quit. (laughs) (laughs) And it wasn't like I was like being whiny. It was what happened was the like there was a fire up north that knocked out a telephone line or something. So our Wi-Fi wasn't working. So we couldn't use the card machines at Target. And she was trying to do a return that required us looking up the card. And I'm like, I can't do that. I'm sorry. So, so instead of just saying, okay, I'll come back another day. Well, the, she kept fighting with me for a couple minutes. And I think I, I've been doing this for hours with people. So it was very clear. Like, I was just like having panic attacks, looking at her just zoned out. And so then she's like. Yeah, yeah, you seem like you can't handle this job, or you such a pussy, or whatever. I will say, plus side of that, though, was the instant she said that, everybody else in line was like, okay, no, fuck you, get out, and they started getting out of her, so. <laughs> that, that is, that's so nice some, of like, uh, when... In the human condition, I suppose. But. Yes. It, it's always nice when, so, when, when we, when, as a community, we could all 
collectively point at someone and say, no, fuck you. Yeah, we, we could bridge our political divides and all agree this specific person is an asshole. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm willing to bet different peoples of different races and colors and creeds and religions and political beliefs for one particular moment in, in, a, in, a, in a Midwestern <laughs> Target all realize I fucking hate this person. I hate this, Yo, this person. bitch crazy. Yeah. Alright. <laughs> And isn't, that, isn't that the, like a beautiful moment? That, that is, is a very beautiful moment. Speaking of local legends, shall we go on to that? Or Oh yeah, so... Yeah, local yeah, legends! Uh, so I guess I think one thing we didn't say is we're not really going to do news this episode. And I'm no, fine with that, because no. it yeah. sucks. <laughs> I hate talking about the news every week. Bulls, yeah. Bullshit. And there was yeah, some, it's some scarier than stuff came out this week. So I, I don't want to... I don't want to spoil Halloween, uh, Halloween, Halloween uh, the spookiest time of the year. I don't want to spoil yeah. that with, with with a bunch of like depressing stories about like Trump starting a social network or whatever bullshit, or Bannon getting uh, indicted or whatever. No, get or or with that's just sad. That uh, I don't want to sad. But what about Kanye's? No, so instead of talking about the news, uh, we were all supposed to uh, come up with an urban legend from our... Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And then uh, talk about general spookiness. Spookies. Who wants to go because first? Because it, uh, it is the season of the witch, as I say. Yes, it is the season of the witch. This is the season of the We should start with the East Coast. Yeah. Okay, uh, which one, there, we have, there are three East Coast hosts, which one are we starting with? Yeah, one of them. Are we, are we going to start with, with, uh, with the, the, the Connecticut, which they're, they're only known for, and, and Lorraine Warren? Um, yeah. Well, they also have upper middle class white women, too, so. That is, as we know. The, the I, I have three. <laughs> Uh, we could go to the to the land of Gabagool and um, and uh, waste management, Jersey. <laughs> waste management is in heavy quotation marks. <laughs> "Quote unquote waste management." Yeah, Tony Spread. I'm in waste management. Uh, or we could do the place which has the the, the sole honor of having no, knowing how to actually fucking make pizza. Chicago. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> Shut up, Josiah. I don't know Jacqueline's. Josiah! <laughs> Your la- lasagna with a crust that if you eat like one yeah, bite is a rocks. fucking meal. I'm just saying, New it's Haven awesome. is better yeah, than New York. It's, you know what? It, it's a mess. It's a mess. It's awesome. It's I mean, I can, I can agree that. I can agree with you that New York is better than Chicago, but I'm just saying, New because Haven is better than both. Because it's actual pizza. It's actual yeah. pizza. Now we're the fuck they did in Chicago. And right. now they're calling pizza. Because they don't know what actual pizza is. Because it's awesome. fuck in Chicago. Yeah. It's awesome. It's just no, the lack it's of not. Italians. Alright. Who wants to, to go? Too many, Ger- too many Scandinavians, not mm. Italians. I got, I got three right. stories. So I got a, I got a few stories. I, I, got, a, I got a handful. Because okay. New Jersey is famous for having, like, weird supernatural stuff for no reason. Especially stuff related to the devil for, like, weird reasons. And the Pine mm-hmm. Barrens, too. Mm-hmm. And the Pine Barrens. 
But uh, let's see. I'm going to start off with a, a little, a little known piece of architecture called the Devil's Tower. And oh. Uh, oh. so, if anybody's ever been to like, Devil's Tower, it's in uh, it's in basically the Alpines. Essentially, it's a re- like a six-story Gothic stone clock tower that the devil himself is said to inhabit. And there are dark legends around the tower. The big stone tower at one time housed evil rituals by Satanists early in the century. Some evil tragedy happened. After the group's demise, there have been several attempts to tear it down, but to no avail. Some say workers have died in the attempt. Ooh. As with most sites like this, it became a popular destination for teens in the 70s. And friends of mine, this isn't like an article from Weird New Jersey, who have been inside reported encountering mysterious gusts of cold wind that sent them screaming for their cars. Another reader emailed us a slightly different version of the tower's legend. As you approach it, you can almost see people in the windows of the tower. And when you get there, according to what I've heard, Witnesses and attempted myself, you are able to drive your car around the tower in reverse three times after the third when you come to a full circle, turn off your car and headlights, and the ghost of a woman should approach you. This hasn't happened yet, but I land but I and others have seen a mist start to form. After that I don't know what is supposed to happen and what isn't. Still others say six times around the tower is the magic number which will raise the dead. The Devil's Tower was owned by a rich married man. He built the tower so his wife could see New York without really going to New York. One night, his wife was looking at <laughs> Relatable. the top of the tower. <laughs> yes. One night, you are his from wife Iowa. You cannot. The there's, the no, tower. <laughs> there's no equivalent thing you can say that is. <laughs> you are from Iowa. That's what does, like what does Iowa have? The largest cornfield. It's awesome. <laughs> The world's largest cornfield. Right. The world's largest cornfield. Has children in it. Numerous dead bodies are are, I, are are buried beneath it, forming the fertilizer for the corn. I, I was oh saying, I was saying to to Finch off Mike before you got on that. Uh, I would be really fascinated since you're so close to see you come to Des Moines and experience it. And then I realized I'd probably end up getting actually offended at some point. <laughs> because <laughs> because it would start be- out as some ribbing and then genuinely be like, what the fuck is this here? There's nothing here. <laughs> There's nothing. This is I'd be like, There's stuff. We got a couple <laughs> coffee shops. <laughs> There's a coffee shop. You, you know how they, no, so, like, you know, like fucking coffee shops I've seen. We got an art center that was designed by I am Pay. That's cool. Okay. <laughs> you guys don't okay. have anything that's like you have like the haunted, like Jimmy Dean's shopping mall. Jesus, Phil. Well, you've got you've like, got the haunted. You've got like the farm where the far, where the the patriarch went insane and murdered his family and became a local legend. That's cool. <laughs> You've got you've got the like the legend of the person of the woman who went insane looking at all the fucking cows in the Midwest. <laughs> that happened. Yeah, cows are nice. Okay, continue. Phil, 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 Sorry. So essentially, the uh, the the legend of the tower is that basically, if you drive, like, ba- there are other versions of the myth. Essentially, she found like she was looking up at, at the tower. Like one night, and he saw she saw that her husband was cheating on her with another like woman, and he was like she jumped out of the tower to her death, and then he was so sad he stopped building it because it's literally just a tower with nothing else attached to it. 
And then, like, oh no, well, now what? And that's, that's crazy. It. And then if you drive around it six times, the ghost of the woman appears. But some people say three. Some people say it was built by a farmer. And I don't know why they would say a farmer would be able to build this thing. It's like a fucking gothic tower in the middle of nowhere. And you can achieve that, anything you put like your mind about. to. Like, this is kind of like the rest of the evil idea of what the United States looks like, which is just, like, random bouts of got, like, massive gothic architecture in the middle and of nowhere. God, I wish that was real. But the, you do see that, though. You will see, like, just oh. weird, like... Yeah, 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 yeah. Pseudo, like, gothic architecture just out of the middle of nowhere, and you don't under... It was some, like, weird, like, rich guy that decided to build it and then died. There is... Oh, my God. This isn't a scary... You know, I'll save it for mine. I'll save it for mine. Never mind. So, there are a lot of- so, New Jersey also is notorious for having a lot of road ghosts, because we're notoriously bad drivers. <laughs> no, for God's sake, yes you are. I have- I have no idea what it is about being born in New Jersey, but it's like there's, like, a particular brain worm that emerges that just stops you from driving like a normal human being. Every time I see some New Jersey place, I think, oh, fuck. <laughs> but yeah, essentially, it's just very well known- that, like, we just have a lot of roadside ghosts, and this isn't one of my stories. It's just funny, because we're synonymous with bad driving, so basically half of the ghosts we have are just people who were killed in, like, vehicular accidents, allegedly. Oh, God. And just, like, inhabit roads, because they're like, fuck you guys for driving. <laughs> However, one of my favorite New Jersey urban legends is not really an urban legend, but, like, a case of true crime that is really scary. And it happened in New Jersey, and it's something that we all kind of grew up around, like, you hear this, because it's something spooky that happened in your state. It's the mysterious kidnapping of the Lindenberg baby. Or the Lindbergh baby. You know, the oh, famous oh, baby, yeah. Uh, Charles yeah. Lindbergh. So, basically in 1932, they kidnapped his child, his 20-month-old son, and there was this huge, elaborate, like, plot to like ransom him for like seventy thousand dollars eventually that's like they just kept getting ransom notes they like stole clothes from the house they found like the infant's thumb guard like they raised the fee to like a hundred thousand dollars there was like basically a whole fbi under like investigation under the hoover administration and at the time like you know the FBI was run a little bit differently. They didn't really know how to, like, deal with, like, 100% of these cases. You know, Franklin D. Roosevelt got involved. It was, like, it was a national case. It's, like, one of those crazy things to happen in New Jersey that's just nuts. And they eventually, I think, found the kidnappers. Uh, the article I'm reading right now says that it was, the kidnappers were, like, somebody by the name of Hauptman, but essentially the the baby was killed. The young child was mm. killed. Mm. Or uh, died in another way, and then the guy who kidnapped him was, like, sentenced to death, but there was, like, it was just a really grisly, like, murder trial mm. in the state, and it's, it's really spooky because, like, they abducted him, if I'm not mistaken, in, like, broad daylight, like, while people were just, like, lingering around the house. Yeah. It's just very fascinating if you ever want to look up the Lindbergh ki kidnapping it's just yeah, it's it's really spooky 
Yeah, that's it's very fun. messed up. I, I think, yeah, I think what's fucked up about it is they went for the Lindbergh baby and not Lindbergh himself. Yeah. He's an asshole. I'd be fine if they disemboweled him or whatever. But. One of my favorite ones is I actually live fairly close to the Mammoth Cemetery. Oh. I live close. That's where I actually used to have my Boy Scout meetings in is the Old Tenant Cemetery because there's a church in there and that's where we like met. There's a church surrounded by a cemetery. It's huge. Ooh. And it was a, it was basically used the church was used as a medical because it precedes the founding of the nation. The mm. church, it's older than the nation itself. It was built first. And then we became an independent country. So, they actually used it as a hospital during the Revolutionary War, and specifically during the Battle of Monmouth, which happened basically not too far from the cemetery, and even, like, Monmouth State Park bleeds into the cemetery's grounds. Mm. And I used to have my meetings here. It was hilarious. I, I actually used to sleep out, like, we actually did a few camping trips where we, like, slept amongst the tombstones, and it was, like, really grisly and fun. Like, we set up our tents, like, in ground that was, like, three steps to a grave, and I was like, oh. Man, Just on a cool. barren piece of, like, grass. And it, it was it was cool. It was also, like, the dead of winter. But we had a really fun time. There, We used to hear stories about, like, ghosts that, like, walked around the cemetery from the Revolutionary War. There's actually a very famous blood stain on one of the pews in the church because mm. they never cleaned it off as like a sign of respect. And you could see see like some of the Revolutionary War era stains because they never replaced. They only upkeep them. They never replace the pews. Mm. Another funny detail is that like a spooky detail is that the guy who actually like was the priest of the church was buried underneath it. Just underneath the foundation of the church, they just, like, dug out a section of it because he wanted to be amongst his congregation when he died. Hmm. That's fascinating. Basically, I've seen, like, I've, when I camp there, like, when I used to camp there, I always got, like, the twitchy sensation that there were, like, something around. We'd look sometimes at the church on the hill and see, like, a light on at, like, the middle of the night. Hmm. So that always spooked us. It was just like a good old time. Old Tenet Cemetery has a lot of like ghost stories around it. Yeah, that's cool. There's also like, I, I remember I had an Uber driver once and he, he used to talk to me about like this curse of seven that people like basically thought in the area where every like every amount of years, I don't remember how many, but I'm just going to say seven. Every amount of years, an extremely grisly crime would happen. And it, I think it had something to do with like the number three where like... Mm. There's just a local legend that every X amount of years, a grisly crime would happen, and it would always be a man who killed his entire family, but the family would always have, like, the same makeup, and I had just never heard of it before or since, and this, like, basically, this correctional officer who was my Uber driver once was telling me about it on the way home from work when I worked at the movie theater, and I was just shaking in my boots. I was like, oh my god, this is terrifying. How, how did I never hear about this? And I still don't know anything about it. It's That's just really one of those things where, like, yeah, it's just weird. I've never heard anything about it since. And I'm like, where'd the, this person get that from? But that's, That's the weird. end of my spooko story. Those are some spookos. Oh, those, those are pretty spooko. One, one thing I'm really like coming to grips with with these story with this story thus far, and I feel like I'm gonna just keep coming to grips with it as you both you two tell your stories, is how you guys are from a parts of the country that have history. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, like, I don't know, because since since Iowa was really like most of the 
cities were really like with exceptions of some like weird french cities that were here it mostly just like uh you know like 1800s onward there's not like no like connection to any past here really (laughs) oh boy yeah you got Um, cows though you do got cows cows. yep we have lots of plants that aren't indigenous to here yeah no that's scary (laughs) That that is that's a bad okay thing. okay I don't know if this is yeah that doesn't count as scary necessarily but yeah do you know I was the most ecologically altered state in the entire country that's, that's fucking horrifying it that's is ninety nine percent non indigenous that is that, that, that is from an existential viewpoint very horrifying like from yeah. Alright, uh, Jackal, do you want to go, or do you want sure, me to go? Because I, I, I have a few, just to it, show how what an insane state Connecticut is. So, sure, can, you might as I well go, go first. Yep. I go next. We got a, I, I got a, I got some, some, some good stuff, uh, here. Ooh. So, uh, so, New York City, um, in New York State in general, uh, is not one of the oldest states, but it's like it's a it's one of, one of the oldest states in the in in the U.S. of A. Um, that we have here. We've got a lot of history, um, and specifically New York has some famous uh, urban legends. Uh, probably one of our most famous ones is the Sewer Gator. Oh yes. And uh, as a special treat for all of you, I have actually got uh, the the uh, the 1935 New York Times article about. Alligator found in uptown sewer. Oh, 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 yes, yes. Christmas came early, and it's only Halloween. (laughs) So, this isn't a long article, so I'll read the whole thing. Okay. Alligator found in uptown river. Youth shoveling snow into manhole, see the animal churning in icy water, snared and drag it out. Reptile slain by rescuers when it gets vicious. Whence it came is mystery. The youthful residents of East, uh... 103rd Street, near the murky Harlem River, were having a rather grand time at dusk yesterday, shoveling the last of the recent snow into into a gaping manhole. Uh, Salvatore... <laughs> God damn it, these Italian names. Uh, Salvatore <laughs> Cadalucci. <laughs> oh, it's Phil's uncle. You're <laughs> Phil, your uncle. Oh, shit. Phil, your uncle killed, killed the New York alligator. It's, he's everybody's collective, like, gator slaying uncle. Yep, he's all of her uncles. Anyone <laughs> hey, from the East Coast, this is your uncle. <laughs> Salvador Cadalucci, 16 years old, of 419 East uh, 103rd Street, was assigned to the rim. His comrades would heap blackened slush near him, and he, carefully observing the sewer's capacity, would give the last uh, fine flick to each mound. Suddenly, there was uh, there were signs of clogging ten feet below, where the manhole drop merged with the dark conduit leading to the river. Salvatore yelled, "Hey, you guys, wait a minute!" and and got on his and got on his knees to see what was the trouble. What he saw in the thickening dusk almost caused him to topple into the icy cavern, for the jagged surface of the ice-black blockade below was moving, and something black was breaking through. Salvatore's eyes 
widened, and he managed to leap to his feet and call to his friends, Honest, it's an alligator! He exploded. Others look and are convinced. There were there were murmurs of skepticism. Jimmy Mariondo, 19, of 440 East 123rd Street, shouldered his way to the rim and stared. He's right. Frank Lonzo, 18, of 1743 Park Avenue, looked next. He also confirmed the specter. Then there was a great crush about about the opening in the middle of the street, and heads were bent low around the aperture. The animal apparently was thrashing about in the ice, trying to get clo- trying to get clear. When the first wave of awe had passed, the boys decided to help it out. Uh, a delegation was dispatched to the lay stove and repair shop at 441, uh, 41st East 123rd Street. We want some clothesline, demanded the delegation, and got it. Young Cadalucci, an expert on Western movies, fashioned a slipknot. So I think this might actually be your uncle. Uh, <laughs> My Italian slipknot uncle. Uh, hey, you know uh, Slipknot, the bands from Iowa? <laughs> <laughs> it's all coming together. Is that so your foundation? Is that, right is, is that your eye of a roots? Is Slipknot? I mean, they basically burst the music scene here. There wasn't a music scene until they showed up. Oh yeah, God. that makes sense. That sense a lot about Iowa. <laughs> it also ruined it. Anyway, continue. Uh, <clears throat> While the others watched breathlessly, he dangled the noose around, uh, into the sewer, and after several, uh, 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 after several tantalizing near catches, looped it around the gator's neck. Then he pulled hard, and there, there was a grating of rough, leathery skin against the jumbled ice. But the job was far too much for one youth. The others grabbed the ro- rope, and all pulled. Slowly, uh, with its curving tail twisting weakly, the animal was dragged from the snow, ten feet through the dark cavern, and to the street where it lay non-committal. It was not in Florida, it was not in Florida, that was clear. And therefore, when one of the boys sought to loosen the rope, the creature opened its jaws and snapped, not with the robust vigor of a healthy, well-sunned alligator, but with the fury of a slick, badly treated one. The boys jumped back, curiosity and sympathy turned to enmity. Let him have it! The cry went up. Rescuers, then kill it. So the shovels, then had been used to pile snow on the alligator's head, were now, uh, were now to rain blows on it. The gator's tail swished about it a few last times. The jaws clashed weakly, but it was in no mood for a real struggle after its icy incarnation. It died Gosh. on the spot. Oh, that's me! Triumphantly, triumphantly, but not without the uh, inevitable, inevitable reaction of sorrow, the boys took their victim to the lay stove and repair shop. <laughs> there, it was found <laughs> to weigh a hundred, a hundred and twenty-five pounds. They said it measured seven, seven and a half or eight feet. It became at once the greatest attraction the store had ever had. The whole neighborhood milled about, and finally, a call for the police reached the nearby station. But there was little, but there was little for the hurried policeman to do. Strange visitor was quite dead, and no change could be preferred against it uh, to get against it or its slayers. The neighbors were calmed with little trouble and speculation as to where the gator had come from was right. There was no pet shops in the vicinity. That theory was rolled out almost at once. Finally, the theory simmered down to that of the passing boat. Plainly, a steamer from the mysterious Everglades, or thereabouts, had been passing 123rd Street, and the alligator had fallen overboard. 
shunning the hate the hatefully cold water, it had swum toward the shore and found only the entrance to the conduit. Then, after a hundred and fifty yards through a torrent of melting snow, and by that time it was half dead, it had arrived under the open manhole. Half dead, yes. The neighborhood conceded, but still alive enough for a last splendid opening and snapping of its jaws. The boys were ready to swear to that. At about 9 p.m., when tired mothers had succeeded in getting most of their alligator-conscious con youngsters to bed, a Department of Sanitation truck rumbled up to the store and made off with the prize. The destination was, was Barren Island and an incinerator. Holy shit. That is wow. insane. A few That's things awesome. I took from this story. Mm. One, shoveling contaminated snow into the sewers... <laughs> It explains why Long Island Sound is so fucked. Um, two, I believe this, because you guys had that loose python a few years ago. Oh my god. Three, I'm surprised. Like, alligators actually do something very interesting when the uh, when the water they're inhabiting freezes over, and that they'll, like, they'll stick their nose just above the water, and then, like, when it freezes over, they'll go into a hibernative, hibernation state? Hibernative? Hi hibernation mm -hmm. State. They'll go to like a yeah. They're going to a hibernation uh, yeah. so that they uh, can save energy. Yes, but I like this one swung up the the sewer instead of doing that. Yes, at least that's what it, what they think. Uh, the sewer generator has, has has multiple origin stories. Okay, but like, how did the Everglades boat just like not notice that a hundred one hundred twenty pound gator was never? I don't know. Them? I don't know why people in Florida do what they do. You know what? You're right. But this is why I believe this story. Yeah, but I think that's the scariest part about this, is, is Florida. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I love how quickly the, 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 these teenagers went from let's help the alligator to holy shit, it's an alligator. <laughs> that's a very New York reaction, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, so the sewer gator has a lot of origin stories. Uh, my favorite one is that uh, this is a classic one that someone someone got a bunch of pet pet, pet alligators and eventually they grew up. You didn't want them anymore, and then you'd be flushed them down the toilet. But they didn't <gasps> die. They all it's they they grew into mutant size alligators that now inhabit yeah, the sewer yeah. systems of New York. Um, and, uh, technically, a bunch of states have sewer gators, but you know what? Fuck them. We've got the best one. <laughs> this is what you New Yorkers always say. And we're usually a bunch right. of states have something exactly like what New York has, and you uh, guys are always like, "Yeah, but we have the best one." We do. You usually we do. We're usually right. <laughs> we have the best Philly. You from Iowa? State. You can't say anything. <laughs> so we've got. Yeah, a, we have a better Philly Chase state than Philadelphia. We're from New York. <laughs> Okay, I've never heard someone claim that. That's I've never heard someone claim that before. Uh, so the the alligators and the, the that's the most famous one. It was uh, in published in a 1935 uh, edition of the New York Times in February. Must have been slow month. Um, uh, there was uh, a 1959 book from Robert uh, Daly. Uh, this is coming from NYC. I got a bunch of websites that uh, relate to the all the weird shit that's happened around the state. Um, uh, so this was a, uh, there was a book from, uh, Robert Daly, uh, called The World Beneath the City, in which retired, uh, sewer superintendent Teddy May explains how he exterminated a colony of gators with rat poison and a twenty-two rifle. 
Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> this is this would make a great movie about like this this like sewer superintendent probably pay, played by Sam Elliott hunting like mutated gators. <laughs> Our mutated gators under the city of New York, <laughs> and I'm gonna be their Grim Reaper. It's a part of I I, uh, I sent a picture I I sent a picture of a of a of a statue. Um, I love it. Of a uh, surrogator eating someone from Wall Street. I love it. I love it. Comrade surrogator. We the, the the surrogator is a classic staple of the city. It's kind of synonymous with New York City's identity. Yeah. Is the yeah. It's about as synonymous as the rats. Um, it gets like referenced and stuff enough that I know all the time. This, this yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, like it's, it's like I think of like Futurama references. Oh, lot, New Jerseyans know this all this mythology about the New York City sewers by heart. Yeah, we've got we've got that we've got the I didn't do much research into this one, but there's the probably very very uh, not kind to unhoused people idea of the mole people, but that inhabit beneath <laughs> the abandoned subway tunnels of New York. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, the um, mole that, people that, that will come and uh, they're going to wreak vengeance on the surface dwellers. Um, but well, no, what's funny the, is that, but like I maybe they just want to be short... friends. Like moles are cute. Moles are cute. <laughs> I actually watched a short documentary where a bunch of filmmakers were led into a homeless encampment in the abandoned subway system underneath New York City. <laughs> they actually, homeless people do congregate in yeah, no, that's sewers true. New, but they're not mole people, they're like, just people. <laughs> no, they're those just, just people. Yeah, those are just regular people, Phil. Or are you scared <laughs> yeah, no, of homeless? That's what I'm actually, actually, guys, the mole people are real. I saw that <laughs> actually, <about> guys. <laughs> no, 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 they're not like that... The mole people are fine. real. They're just homeless. I'm a mole. Fine. I'm based and mole pilled. Okay. Based and mole pilled. Oh my god, that's awesome. I'm based and mole pilled, guys. Uh, so, all right. So the so we've we've got uh, we we've got that uh, the, and the mole people. We've also got uh, this really interesting one. Before I get to the to the terrifying and kind of sad one um okay the beer the buried treasure under liberty island so captain william kidd god damn it you stole this from connecticut no this is liberty island no no because he also he buried some in charles island he buried in Liberty Island. He buried it in Charles Island. In Liberty Island. You can't take this from us. No, you no no no, you cannot take this from us. We have a thrice cursed island in Connecticut. Us. Fine, he buried half of his treasure in Liberty Island, and the other half of in Charles Island. I think that's the narrative. Yar mateys. Yeah. I plundered the entire tri-state area. Yar. <laughs> <laughs> you know where he didn't bury his treasure? Fucking New Jersey. No, because I'm probably going to We New have Jersey. our own buried treasure, actually. It's mostly mobsters. It's a lot of dead, a lot of dead made men. Yeah, and, and, God, and it's okay. also possibly uh, flipping uh, Jimmy. Oh, God. Oh, Jimmy Hopper? Jimmy Hopper's body buried underneath Giant Stadium. That's awesome. The original giant stadium. I thought he was buried under Lion Stadium in Detroit. He's buried everywhere. There's basically 150 uh, burial sites for Jimmy Hoffa. That's true. Okay, Jackal, I'm sorry. I, 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 got, I got a little activated. I, I spoke out of turn. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's fine. I, I did not mean to, but this, this is a story related of, of Captain Kidd. 
Um, <laughs> Continue. So Cap- Ca- Captain William Kidd was hanged for piracy in 1701, and the legends of his spirit buried treasure have sparked imaginations across the tri-state area since. Um, one of the concerns, uh, the riches uh, he might have left on uh, Bedloe's Island, now known as Liberty Island. So back in the 19th century, the tale proved so enticing that two soldiers stationed at Fort Wood, the island's uh, uh, tenant prior to La- Lady Liberty, decided to hunt for treasure. A psychic sent them looking for a larger flat for the largest flat rock on the island. At midnight, on a full moon, armed with a wi- with a witch hazel divining rod, according to legend, they found the treasure and the ghosts of Captain Kidd and his crew, hmm. Uh, hmm. defending their treasure even into the afterlife. That's the, crazy. the soldiers fled, and when they returned, both ghost and treasure were gone. The New York Times published a story about the events in August 14, 1892 edition. The tale was later recounted with dramatic flair in a 2005 book titled Spooky New York by S.E. Schlauser. Uh, so, uh, Libby Tucker, folklorist and uh, English professor at uh, uh at Binghamton University, people have gone and dug, but there's no uh, consensus on the largest flat rock. Uh, mm. That said, the city is definitely in, co- in consensus when it says uh, when it comes to digging up Liberty Island. Don't do it. Uh, if you do dig up Liberty Island, you're probably going to get shot by the NYPD. <laughs> <laughs> the true, the truest horror story of New York. It's <laughs> police brutality. That's... The the true the true urban legend of New York of, of New York State is the NYPD and its police union. <laughs> um, so that that's uh that that's that we've also got like the I don't know if you guys have heard this one, but it's the the penny from the Empire State Building. If you drop uh, a penny off of the Empire State Building, uh, you you can kill someone by the penny just sort of like piercing their skull. Um, that's not true. You can't actually do, you cannot actually do oh, that. Oh, it's because, but, like, a penny can only reach, like, a maximum velocity of something. Well, they yeah, also fall more not, like feathers than stones. Yeah, it's not, it's not enough to, like, kill someone. It might hurt. It'll hurt, but it's not, like, it's not gonna kill them. Yeah. Um, there's the ghost ship of, uh, of, of Captain, H- of, of Captain Hudson, mm. um, that... Uh, it's said on some on uh, on some particular uh, uh, dark night, you can see the the ghost ship of Hudson in the harbor. Oh, uh, we've we've uh, a funny one before I get to the sad one is uh, that uh, the reason why the Yankees have their striped uniform is because Babe Ruth wanted to look better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Babe Ruth! I don't know if that's true, but uh, but that is the. Uh, that that is the that that's the urban legend around that. Uh, the the scary and sad one uh, that we'll get to right now is we only consider this uh, a a part of uh, a part of a borough of New York in technicality. It's Staten Island. Um, so I'm going to tell you about the story of uh, the hook-handed killer uh, of Cropsey. Ooh. So the it's either axe or hook, but a hook is cooler. Um, if I can get it, here we go. Um, so in the East Coast, you've probably heard some iteration of the Cropsey legend. He's a, it's a, basically like a revenge-obsessed boogeyman whose wife and son, uh, died, um, oh wait, okay, no, this is a different origin, that, that's a different origin. This one, uh, was relayed to 
specifically uh, um, uh, Cropsy was an escaped uh, patient from a local uh, mental hospital who had a hook for who had a hook for a hand and would terrorize and kill the lo local children of Staten Island. It was such a story um, that uh, parents would spook their children with the, with the story, uh, telling war warnings of Cropsy of not to go out at night or he'll get you. It, uh, the, the, the part where it gets uh, very depressing is that uh, the Cropsy legend uh, turned kind of real in 1970 uh, when serial killer Andre Rand uh, had been kidnapping and killing ch children in Staten Island in a similar <laughs> method to Cropsy. Uh, oh my before god! Before the started. So oh, it seems that the legend of Cropsy began from a real serial killer. Oh no! Wow! So, That's uh, terrifying. Uh, Andre Rand is still alive. He's in prison. He's up for parole in 2037, I think. Well, he's, um, out, he's, he's up for parole? Uh, they, yes. Uh, uh, it was Mr. Hookhand? He, he was only convicted on, on two... On, on, uh, on two... He was suspected of five, but he was only convicted of two... Which was enough for, uh, for, uh, which was enough for, like, 50 years to life. Um, but he's, he's coming up for, for parole soon. Um, the, uh, yeah. The oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is, the, this is the fucked up New York courts. You know, you only secured two children, so now you get, you get, you're eligible for parole if you're good behavior. I mean, I, I believe in rehabilitative rehabilitated yeah, justice, all, but, like, come on. here are, like, prison abolitionists here, so, like, we, yeah. we're not exactly happy for, like, for, like, prison, but, I mean, if you, if yeah, you in, kidnapped and murdered five children, at the least, uh, hmm. Yeah, I, I, dare we hope all serial killers with hook hands be saved? <laughs> uh, I don't think he used the hook, but, uh, he, this is, uh, a... Uh, th this is, like, a particular, like, it's very interesting, uh, like, there's a good documentary about this one called, called Cropsy, about, like, people who grew up with this urban legend, and Sad Island is basically, like, it's basically, like, Cabrini Green, but whiter, but, like, significantly whiter and Guido, and Guido. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> Phil, it's your people. It's your people. It's Phil. my people. <laughs> it is, it was the reddest part of New York State. It is, of New York, <laughs> not New York State, of New York City. It is, like, it is so racist. Uh, um, so out, out of Staten Island was the, the legend of the, the killer Cropsy, who unfortunately turned very real with uh, the, you know, the actual serial killer. Um, uh, there, there what? is, uh, um, he was a, in fact, that guy was even tied to that, to the Willowbrook Mental Institution, where it was said that, like, that the, the Cropsy legend was an escape patient. This guy was a janitor. For that, for that mental hospital, not Whoa. a patient. But again, it's like the, it's really weird how tied these two are in a way. Like they're basically like tied so close together. They're basically the, like, ostensibly the legend was almost might have been a way of trying to deal with that there was a serial killer on the loose with possible connections to it. Right. Um, it is weird though that like it does have the connection with the Willowbrook Mental Institute. Um, that is interesting. Mm. That's that is very interesting. interesting. So um, I, I would say check out the documentary. It's a it's a good one. Um, there's uh, there's ghost ice skaters in Central Park. Uh, we've um, we've got uh, upstate New York uh, uh, upstate New York uh, Sasquatch. Oh yeah, you guys also have the headless horseman. Yeah. We, we do. Oh, I gotta fuck. I forget. Yeah, uh, with uh, with um, uh, we we've got the the the, the headless horseman. Um, 
Even though, I think that's would we count that as like an urban legend when it was sort of more considered like a like like a story. Um, uh, yeah, but I mean, like it, you know, I mean, I like we'll, we'll, we'll count it. Yeah, it's Sleepy Hollow is trying to make it an urban legend, certainly. <laughs> I mean, that's that's why the town is famous. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The the legend of Sleepy Hollow. That's another one of the the headless horseman. Um. Probably the the most famous thing about upstate New York is is the headless horseman. Um. Yeah. That's not really upstate, though. It's pretty close. See, he to lost. Canada. He lost his head because. Um, he oh, I can't wait for this. Conservative rants on Twitter. There we go. There, there we go. Hessians are naturally conservatives. Um, Did you just say he- the Hessians are naturally conservative? Yeah, they're Germans. <laughs> that was I. I, I had heard them refer to Hessians, and that sounded like a history book. <laughs> He was. He was a Hessian soldier. Oh, they were. Oh, those are. Those were hi- hired German soldiers that worked for the Redcoats, and that's what he yes, was. Yeah. All of those. Yeah. Um. All right. So I'll I'll start my my collection because Connecticut is an insane state. Um. <laughs> okay. Uh. So we have the severed arm of St. Edmund in Stonington, nice. which is located in the middle of this little church. Um, I forget what it's called. In the middle of a church in the middle of uh, an island near Mystic, Connecticut. Um, and that was brought here by, I think, the Society of the Fathers and Brothers of St. Edmund uh, that became responsible for the relics of St. Edmund, but... He found the arm had been detached for centuries. The Edmonites were driven out of France because of government anti-clericalism in 1903. They relocated to England and then to Mystic, Connecticut, taking the arm with them around the world. The black and shriveled arm now resides in the chapel of Our Lady of Assumption in St. Edmund's Retreat in Mystic. Uh, It's pretty creepy, but uh, very Catholic. Hmm. Uh, St. Edmund was a, he was uh, the Archbishop of Canterbury before the English Reformation. And basically he hated the royals and was like, hey, I I don't really think I can support these guys. And then he resigned and just fled to France. And his tomb became a place of pilgrimage and a bunch of miracles were associated with it. And then the whole stuff with the uh, Edmonites happened after that. Um, we also have the Devil's Hopyard State Park, which I've been to, and there was actually a short story I read about it that, like, scared me so much as a child. Um, and this is basically, um, it's said that the devil will come, um, there are, like, um, there are, like, these very unique potholes, uh, in the, in Devil's Hopyard, which the legend is, is that the devil, um, made them by, like, stomping his hooves around and... On full moons, you'll actually see him playing his fiddles at the, uh, his, sorry, the legend is, is during a full moon, you'll see him playing his golden fiddle at the top of the, the waterfalls in the state park. And like below him will be his demonic minions, uh, brewing malicious poisons from the, uh, these, these little craters that he's made. Holy shit. Yeah. And. (laughs) People have said that they've seen orbs, demonic voices, unexplained laughter, and the overall sense of something being wrong. Um, 
in the short story I read, like, somebody, like, goes insane because of, like, the demonic entities that were there. And, like, the thing that, like, because I only was there recently, and, um, I actually was pretty freaked out by the story, so I, <laughs> I wore my St. Benedict's pendant. Um, but the thing that stood out to me is, like, it was described as a very dark forest. Mm. So, like, no sunlight came to the bottom, which is true. But that's actually because it doesn't have deciduous... It has a lot more coniferous trees than... So, more pine trees than deciduous trees, which block out the sun a lot better. But it still gives, like, an eerie feeling. <laughs> yeah. Um, we also have the Black Dog of Hanging Hills. Um, so the, so there's a little rhyme for it. It's, um, if a man shall meet the black dog, once it shall be for joy, if twice it shall be for sorrow, and the third time he shall die. So, um, Hanging Hills is... Yeah, that's the worst advertisement for a kennel I've ever seen. (laughs) Um, (laughs) god damn it, Phil. (laughs) Um, Hanging Hills is a, it's a pretty popular, um, hiking destination in central Connecticut. Um, and the Little Black Dog is a pretty popular legend around there. It's about, it's, well, it's a black dog that shows up to, like, hikers and, like, other people who are just there surveying the land. It's, it's beagle-sized, it has short black hair, and it doesn't make any sort of sound. When it comes up to you, so like you can see it bark, but it won't make any noise, and like mm. it, you won't hear it like walking towards you. Like it's it's like sort of a specter. Um, and Holy shit. yeah, <clears throat> so like the story goes is that these two Harvard geologists were um they were surveying like the the rocks that had been formed like by lava like millions of years ago in the west peak of Hanging Hill. Mm. Um, so his name was, they, his name, the only name they gave, he gave was F.S. Um, and he was joined by a man named Herbert Marshall, who, uh, worked for the U.S. Geological Survey. Um, before departing, F.S. uh, tells Marshall he saw a strange black dog on a visit to the region three years earlier. Marshall responds that he's also seen the black dog twice before, and recounts a local legend that seeing the black dog three times may, meant death. Ignoring the superstition, the men w- set out the next morning to hike and climb the summit of West Peak. Um, so they go up to the um, this peak, and it's very cold. It's like the middle of winter. Um, and mm-hmm. suddenly the dog makes an appearance. And Marshall... Um, was standing on a rock outcropping and it gave way and it fell to and he fell to his death. So the prophecy of the black dog was sort of true. Marshall saw it three times and he died. FS saw it twice and uh sorrow occurred. And so like there this is just like a local legend, but there have been sightings of this animal and nobody knows like where it came from. So is so so is a black dog like a malicious entity or it's not it's not really a. It's just an omen bearer, really. So it's a neutral. So it's entity. kind of like Mothman in that, like it's more of like a sign of of things to come than necessarily that it's like a threat on its own. Right. Exactly. Because apparently, good fortune befalls you if you see it once. It's okay. like you don't want to see it twice or three times. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Creepy. Oh, man, we also That's had weird. a vampire panic. Nice. It's vampire but, but, panic. But, but, when was that? 
Um, the one, there was, like, so many New England vampire panics. Um, because, like, you guys probably know about Mercy Brown, the Rhode Island vampire. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. this was called the Jewett City Vampires. Um, and that happened in 1854, uh, where townspeople exhumed several corpses suspected to be vampires that were rising from their graves to kill the living. I believe the story goes is that there was a family that kept getting, like, the family members kept dying of tuberculosis. Like, very, like, more than an average, like, somebody would die every two years or so. Hmm. And... It was suspected that two of the family members that had died first were actually vampires and were coming back to drain, or like, yeah, drain the other family members, basically. So, Mm. in a panic, the town of Jewett City went into the cemetery, dug up the two dead bodies they thought were the vampires, and then burned the bodies. And during that time, like, the youngest sibling of the family which I forget the name escapes me, but he was suffering from tuberculosis, and after this happened, he apparently survived and recovered from it. Damn. Yeah. Hmm. So that was one of the Connecticut vampire panics. Uh, All right, I'll go on to our last story, which is the one that we all have been waiting for. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren. Yes, yes. The Occult Museum. Oh, I love the Occult Museum. Yeah, they they shut it down. I know they shut it down. I'm so disappointed. Well, I know, because Connecticut is cooked by NIMBYs, alright? So, (laughs) before we um, get into the Ed and Lorraine story, uh, because I tried to go to the Occult Museum, and that's how I found out it was shut down. Because apparently, like, one, it was violating a lot of the Connecticut state zoning laws, so you can't really... Mm. Without proper permits, you can't set up a museum in a residential area because, like, oh. people will, like, walk around and, like, start... They were knocking on the doors and, like, asking the neighbors where this thing was. And so the state basically stepped in and was like, hey, you guys can't do this anymore. Yeah. Um, can't have shit in the state. Um, okay, so I'll just read from the Connecticut Post. Monroe's Ed and Lorraine Warren were two of the most notable paranormal investigators of the past century. Um, they explored most of the f- um, they explored some of the most famous alleged haunts in history, including the Amityville Horror and the Enfield Poltergeist. While both the Warrens have since died, they have left a legacy of paranormal invest- um, investigations. So below is a few of the cases they did. Uh, the most recent. Conjuring movie was actually about this first case, which is the Devil Made Me Do It case. Hmm. So, in 1981, Ernie Cheyenne Johnson stabbed and killed Alan Bono, claiming that he was possessed by a demon when he committed the murder. It was the first, this was the first time in the American court system that where a defendant claimed demonic possession. Um, according to a 1981 article from the New York Times, the Warrens spent time with Johnson and his family claimed rationale and claimed rationale in the demonic possession theory. Um, however, the judge ultimately disregarded this theory and sentenced Johnson's That's crazy. theory on manslaughter charges. That's um, yeah, he, he only served five years. Wow. That's no, that's insane. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> yeah, it's. Pretty crazy. I believe I forget the whole um I forget the whole story. I just um I believe 
Johnson, like, blacked out, and he, like, stabbed this guy, like, over 20 times. Jesus. There was, like, no reason he did it. Like, I think, like, they were just, like... <sighs> Man, I forget the story. I know, like, in the movie, they were, like, at a dog kennel, and, like, mm. the guy, like, goes up to, like, ask him something, and, like, Johnson just starts stabbing him over and over, so I'm gonna assume that's, like, what sort of Holy happened. Holy shit. And from what I remember is, like, he was present at another exorcism that the Warrens were at. And so the idea mm. was, is that, like, the demon was exorcised from, like, the small child that was possessed. And then it went into his body and was dormant mm -hmm. until he stabbed this guy to death. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Do I, uh, do I think it's real? I, I don't. I'm not sure. I mean, I think that demons can cause terrible things to happen, certainly, so I'm not ruling it out. Yeah. Hmm. It sounds a little similar to, uh, to like, The Exorcist 3, a bit, with, yeah. uh, with uh, the, the demon-inducing, like, and the, that movie was a serial killer, but inducing, like, an actual, like, like a murder. Yeah. Right. Huh. Yeah. Um, Spooky. Yeah. It, there, it's very, it's very scary. Um... Okay, what else? Uh, they also were one of the investigators at the Amityville Horror. Mm. Um, oh. Yeah, were that um, where um, George and Kathy Lutz claimed they were driven out of their Long Island home in 1975 by a violent paranormal entity a year before Ronald DeFeo Jr. shot and killed six members of the family, of his family, in the house. There was literally no explanation as to why he did that hmm. um but amityville is unfortunately um mostly a hoax people like the general consensus consensus is now so maybe there was something there but mostly it was made up it was a hoax yeah yeah hmm. um the uh, uh snedeker house which was um another ha a connecticut haunting um in Southington, uh, the Warrens came to investigate as the owners of the home claimed that their son was experiencing personality changes that were violent in nature. The homeowner, owner, sorry, the homeowners also stated that apparitions would appear throughout the home. I think the creepy thing about this one was that, like, I think it had like a morgue in the basement or something. Oh. Yeah. But That's, like, yeah, that is creepy. Yeah, but at the same time, like, it said that the son suffered from schizophrenia, so it's a little muddy as to what was real and what wasn't. Mm. Yeah. And then here's one of my favorites, the, the Annabelle doll, which is apparently still in that house to this day. Oh, no. Is they, they're, still, they're still keeping it there? Yeah, it's still there. You just can't see it, but it's there. That, that whole thing, because you know how they had the whole room full of objects? Mm-hmm. It's still in there. It still it still exists. You just can't see it. You know, the public can't I, see I can't, it. I, I'm not sure what I would even do with like what happens when they have to like that building like gets condemned or or like they have to move. Well, how are you gonna? I'd be terrified of moving that thing. I don't. Uh, yeah, I I don't Based know. Based on like at, like on the not even thinking if it's real, but just on the on the off chance that this is true. I I don't, I don't fuck with this. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. They Man. maintain it, though, because, like, Catholic priest comes and blesses the room every month. Jeez. Keeps yeah. the demon in check, baby. That's yeah. insane. 
And actually, that, across the... Yeah? Jackal? No, that's... I was going to say that that's... I... I I can't... I'm at, like, if... Like, imagine that you're someone who works there. There has to be just some part of you that's like, God, please, let... I don't want a fucking demon to follow me home. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, like, they do work there, because, like, across the street is there is the New England Paranormal... What's it called? It's, like, the New England Paranormal Society, I think. Hmm. Um, let's see. Paranormal. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Let's see. New England Society for Psychic Research. Which is right across the street from the Warren's house, um, and that it, it's a creepy hours. place to be. Um, I went there with my uh, my friend, and it, it gives you a general eerie feeling. Certainly, I, mean, I think that like um, in general, like the like the haunted museum, and specifically made up of objects that are possibly like uh, with the like like I, I I don't think that one has to like. It's the fear that like if this is true, if like. If even one of these has like possibly like a like a demon in it or is possessed mm-hmm. or like it's like that at least for me like I always have this fear of like yeah maybe maybe true maybe not I'm not gonna fuck with it either way um, yeah I, yeah like that that was a um, like that's why I don't I don't fuck with like the, like the weird uh, um, like I know about like uh, like the you know like um, Enochian magic and like I I've read about that stuff. I have no interest in, in exploring it for what like yeah. one is it's probably fake. Two, even if it's not, I don't want to fuck with that. That's a whole other can of worms of of like yeah. It, it's again summoning payment. Why do I want to do that? What exactly right. would I benefit from that? Um, right. Yeah. Did so, you guys see the? Sorry, did you guys see the panic on Twitter last year when they said that the doll escaped its enclosure? <laughs> wait, what? Wait, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, there was like a rumor in 2020 that the animal doll like escaped her bl- glass box. Oh god! Yeah, <laughs> and people like freaked out about that uh, on Twitter. I'm picturing for for anyone who's listening to this, the actual Annabelle doll is not like the one in the movie. It's a raggedy doll. Yeah, it's a raggedy. Yeah, it's actually animal. not that scary looking. It's just like the effect of it is what's scary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I- I'm looking. Hang on, I can put like a photo of it in the chat because, like, under it has this eerie sign that says "Warning: Positively, do not open." <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! It's like, yeah, I like. It certainly discourages me from wanting to open it. There's also like a big crucifix on top of it, so That's- like. That's not horrifying. something you want to open. Horrifying. Yeah, you don't want to mess with that. No, that's horrifying. <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, uh. I mean, they also, of course, they did the they um, investigated the Conjuring House, which was the first movie, and the Enfield Poltergeist, second movie. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, also, they um, investigated spirits of Union Cemetery, which is pretty close to their mm. home. Uh, which has like a spirit known as Old Red Eyes, which is like the shadow creature with like demonic red eyes. That's a really and... dope name, though. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's such a terrifying name. Old, Old Red, red eyes. eyes. Old Red that Eyes. That sounds like a perfect ghost name. Yeah. Yeah, I wish there was like more to that story. Um, I know there's also the late the Lady in White, who I believe is the ghost of a woman who like died giving birth. And like mm. she wanders the graveyard looking for her baby. Is that fair? Because we also have one in Rochester about uh, a woman in white who 
uh, wanders. That sounds like a kind of a common trope. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that like the like the the aggrieved mother uh, searching for her children, and if yeah. she comes across you, she'll kill you. Yeah, because right. like like when I yeah, it's like the Iowa ones I've got here. A lot of them are pretty much just identical to other stuff yeah. in other parts of the country. <laughs> I mean, yeah, as, as I mentioned before, Jackal, we also have our own Captain Kid story that he buried some of his tre- treasure in uh, Charles Island, mm. uh, which is in Silver Sand, Sand State Park. And, like, the creepy thing about Charles Island is that you can only get there by, like, a natural causeway that, like, basically goes under the... Like, you can't access it when the tide is in. You can only do it when the tide goes out. Mm. And apparently this island is, like, thrice cursed because Captain Kid cursed it. Um, mm. and said, like, any anybody who tries to find my tre- treasure uh, will have, like, horrible things happen to them. Um, yeah. It was also supposedly a place where indigenous people um, conducted some of their, like, religious ceremonies. And so when they were kicked out, they put some True. sort of, like, misfortune on, on it. Yeah, curse yeah. on it. And then huh. apparently these three escaped convicts Somehow got to the island, I think, like, via a raft or something, mm. and they found the treasure, but I think, like, they reburied it, and then they said, whoever finds this will be cursed as well. Damn. I mean, I don't know if the curse is real or not. I will say that um, I did go there in February of 2020 with a friend to look for the treasure, and two weeks later, the uh, COVID-19 pandemic broke out, so, so take of that what you will. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> He did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. He did the mash. It caught on in a flash. He did the mash. Let's he let's end the on the the scariest part of the country. <laughs> <laughs> no. There's not a lot here, which is like that was kind of like with this the assignment of like looking up urban legends. I was like, I can't even think of it here. And so, like, I Googled it and then found uh, uh, this article from uh, the Des Moines Register here that was like, uh, here's some ghost stories from around the state that was, like, from five years ago. Um, and I think the most, one of the most scary ones in this is funny because it's it comes from Council Bluffs, which is in West Des Moines and is close to the border. And the citation is from the Omaha World Herald, which is a Nebraska paper. So off to bat, we're not even in the like, right? <laughs> but um, yeah, so there is this this woman in 1916 uh, named uh, Ruth Ann Dodge, who supposedly nearing her death, um, started to get dreams about this like angel appearing in her dreams that would offer her like eternal life and tell her to drink and stuff. Um, and then when she like drank the drink in her dream that would give her eternal life, she died like the next day. Oh. And so, but because she'd always mentioned like, oh yeah, I, this, these angel dreams have come into my, like, I've been having all these angel dreams. Her kids were like, well, she loved angels. So they, there's this in the, in the cemetery in council bluffs, this massive bronze angel that they made as like her, her grave. Right. And inexplicably, in the 20s onward, I believe, um, it just turned black. Like the bronze just... (laughs) Is this the Black Aggie myth? It's uh, the Black Angel of Fairview Cemetery. But it might be... There probably is a a similar story elsewhere, because everything in Iowa... (laughs) (laughs) Continue. 
Yeah, and so um, apparently it just turned black, and apparently if you look into the eyes of the angel at midnight, you'll die within like the week. Is the like the urban legend? So that's oh, kind of cool. Yeah, well, that's on the Atlas Obscura too. Yeah, there, there's actually a few of those. Um, this was one I didn't know about, and I was interested. Now I kind of want to visit it. Um, so it's in a little town called Independence, uh, Iowa, which is over like an East Iowa. And there is the 1873, there was a state hospital that was built that was like a mentally ill, criminally insane um, hospital. And so uh, there's like a graveyard, there's like hydrotherapy tubs and lobotomy equipment and all that shit in it. Um, And supposedly people like who come in at night can see like paranormal activity, you know, your typical stuff of supposedly seeing like former patients, like lobotomized patients walking around at night and uh, being like touched or pushed by like unseen stuff when you go in there and hearing whispers and laughing and stuff. See, we got creepy stuff in Iowa. Uh, that's just, that's pretty creepy. <laughs> that, that is pretty creepy. You want to go there? I kind of am fascinated. Well, I didn't even know there was, we had that. I, I like, I didn't know that was here. I don't know. I kind of, I'm kind of interested by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this list has a bunch of boring ones. Um, but there is one of a, uh, uh, of a house in Villisca, uh, uh, which I've never been to either. Um, that apparently this like whole uh, eight person family got murdered in the house. Um, and now whenever people go in, they'll see like blood stains appear and vanish supposedly. And like chairs levitate and stuff. So there you go. Say Ooh, some stuff. Sh- spooky. Spooky stuff. Uh, th- okay. I-, I had what I kind of wanted to bring up. That's not actually a ghost story, but you at the very early in the podcast, we were talking about weird architecture stuff. Mm-hmm. Like how the, this whole country is just filled with like, you'll be driving and just see like a Gothic structure in the middle of nowhere. Um, so there's this, <laughs> this is town, um, called Ida Grove, uh, over in West Iowa that I, I've been meaning to visit and haven't actually gotten a chance to. This isn't, again, this isn't scary. This is just weird. Um, where this industrialist guy from the town, um, became like a multimillionaire and off of like developing some some mechanical thing that makes boats work well i don't know it's like some obscure thing that you wouldn't know unless you're into that but he made like an off of it and he was just obsessed with castles so this town is just covered in these like tacky fake castles everywhere and so like he started by like building this like skate like skate park that's called like the skate palace and it's like a just looks like a fucking like walt disney castle and then he just like built another one and then he built the town newspaper in the design of a castle and then the rival newspaper in town was like fuck this guy he's turning our whole city into a big castle and so they were like running all these articles about how he's an asshole so he bought out the newspaper and then built a castle on it (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck and also like he was obsessed with evergreen trees but there aren't very many evergreen trees here so he would just have them like shipped out <laughs> from like, the east coast and west coast what it's wait just... <laughs> like how how do you mean like ship did he like have what did he ship i think like these? the shrubs or like... whatever and then just like cut down all the regular trees in the town <laughs> Man, so I it's felt... like it's I this bizarre people. 
it's this bizarre town in the middle of like west iowa that all of a sudden it's mostly evergreen trees and castles this is a great <laughs> setting for a heart for a horse yeah i know i've been uh i've been meaning to visit this town forever because it was uh it was like uh 10 miles away from a town i was doing an internship at but um what? i never i never got a chance to go out and you oh my- go, it's like it's like not off a major st- like major road or anything you wouldn't like you would not if you were road tripping through iowa notice this <laughs> this looks so tacky too it's oh terrible <laughs> well, oh, hold on. what's like, the name of the what's the name of the town again uh ida grove i sent it in the chat there i was like thinking of like sexy castle like architecture no 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 i know like gothic it's stuff terrible it <laughs> all looks like a golf course oh my god but this I, is awful that is know. awful <laughs> it's so funny uh oh yeah and this then is like the tackiest like, looking architecture it's amazing i i'm so fascinated by I'm so fascinated. Like, what a s- stupid state. <laughs> the moral of this story is that capitalism is more horrifying than can ever be yeah, conceived the, by the supernatural. The, the real scariest thing in the world um, is, is a uh, Western multimillionaire. <laughs> <laughs> I love this little, this little Roadside America article about it, too, because... Um, uh, for one, it's it's like it looks like a website from 15 years ago. But uh, aside from that, they have a little jab in it where they're like, uh, he liked Western Iowa and he liked castles. And since he was the most powerful man in Ida Grove, what he liked was what everyone else had to like, too. That is something that like the that is not talked about uh, about a lot. It's like the weird local rich guys that just kind of become the like yes, their no, lords, their little fiefdoms. Everybody, everybody talks so much niceness about um, small towns because they picture small towns as like a community of these like equals that all do their part and whatever. But most small towns is are like in my experience with like in Iowa are if they're far enough away from a major city so they're like actually rural you have a a handful of uh rich farmers who bought up all the farming land there so they're like just like basically feudal lords and then you have like the business owners who are usually like rich in their own ways and then everybody else is either like dudes that are forced to work in the like nearby cattle factory bullshit or like yeah like immigrants like that's that's actually what the the like Iowa is is like wow <laughs> kind of little feudal places. So all this to say the the scariest thing this Halloween is um uh Midwestern Iowa feudalism. <laughs> yes, I love Midwestern Iowa Iowanian feudalism. Neo neo feudalism is being developed in Iowa as we speak. <laughs> My fellow Americans, we are developing Iowan feudalism, and I am its major proponent. Capitalism, no. spooky economics. Okay, cap- the true the true monster of Halloween, as we know, is cap. Yes, amazing. As we and know. well, actually, well, not cap. Mammon, the true Mammon. beast of Halloween, the true yeah. horror of Halloween, is Lord Mammon. Is Lord there Mammon. we go, Lord Mammon. Oh. Who I think uh, it's the first time that we've dropped like the like Lord Mammon on that. Yeah, that's kind of amazing. We haven't talked about Mammon much in Mammonburg. I don't know uh, if Phil can hear us right now, but we need to wrap the show up. So yes, he's walked off. He's I think he's picking out his work clothes because he has to go to work after this. All right. Yes. Yeah. Phil. 
Requiem and Passum. Uh, Alright. As the horse-drawn hearse comes to a stop at the mouth of the cemetery gates, your four tour guides grab you by the shirt and hurl you off. (laughs) (laughs) Demanding a fee of 59 Saxon shillings for this spooky ghost tour. It is I am joined by Josiah. Yeah, uh, you can follow me at Josiah W. Sutton, uh, and I write a substack that I always forget to plug here. Jackal. Spooky. Hold on, let me put this mask back on. We got back. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right, and hold on. Where the fuck did I put the axe? Where, where, okay, hold on. Here it is. All right. Uh, I got to get back on that, on that, uh, on that grind hunting. Hunting uh, pr- uh, promiscuous uh, youth uh, in in Crystal Lakes is, is busy work, but I, I took this time to talk to you about it. I hope you're happy. Um, you can follow me at Jekyll Jester uh, the Shape um, at uh, Jack Dorsey's Twitter dot com, where I uh, at the moment I think I'm just going to be talking about Dude. Yes, <laughs> Dude. It's amazing we got through this episode without Jack and I getting into Dune talk. <laughs> Yeah, we had to we had to stay focused for the for for the we purpose of, but the, we are going to have at some point a just an ep, like an episode just about Dune. just Jacqueline and I getting Dune. excited about Dune and I'm Phil so Phil Phil uh well I'm getting ready to go to my job which is the most terrifying thing I could think of. <laughs> <laughs> You can find me at crypteddirector at gmail.com, and I will be serving up hot slices of Panera Doogie today. You know what I'm saying? That's fucking And yeah. I. <laughs> Thank and, you, everybody. And thank, I am thank, your thank host. You your host. And I am your host, your ghost host, Dr. Finchenstein, THD MD Esquire. Uh, specializing in building guys to get mad at. Uh, you can follow me at Finchawar on Twitter.com. Good night, everyone. Well, there ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. Oh, there ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. When that trumpet got your blast and the dead child leave at last, there ain't no grave. All of us have chosen uh, the things that scare us the most as our as our client link this evening. So we've got or this morning. So we've got uh, John Calvin's raging boner. <laughs> that's not me. I swear that's not me. Yep, that was that, I, 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 fish. What the fuck? Squid fearer. Squid fearer. Is that like a Nazi squid? No, yeah, it's I think like fear. Like it's that, afraid. Oh. I oh, oh I thought a, you said squid. Of a squid talking about how they need to kill the uh, uh, the. Uh, you know, what? I'm not going to face that joke. Uh, there's one that just says the shape, <laughs> which is pretty funny. No longer I think about it. Um, and then uh, the deep ocean also getting tortured. <laughs> is that you? Yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> that, I thought y'all were gonna be comedians about this, but no, you just you just trauma dumped. Yeah, trauma yeah, dumping. yeah. You got a yeah, trauma dumpy. Like really, you, you just really trauma dumped right now, and I need like a second.
Yeah, Jay, yeah, gonna, you have a I, trauma dumpy. You're thick with trauma. My 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 phone starts going off, and you're all Venmo requesting me money because I trauma dumped <laughs> for the emotional labor. The emotion, the emotional labor of having to, to listen to the trauma dumping. I'm gonna need some money. The people all dressed in white. Oh, it must be the children of Israel just to walk in in the light, cause there ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. Oh, there ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. When that trump of God shall blast, and the dead shall leave at last, there ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. Well, meet me, Jesus, meet me. Oh, meet me in the middle of the air. And if these wings should fail me, just give me another pair. Cause there ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. Oh, there ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. When that trumpet got shall black, and that it shall leave at last, there ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. Gonna bear my knees in the sand Gonna holler ho hosanna Until I reach that land Cause there ain't no grave Gonna hold my body down Oh, there ain't no grave Gonna hold my body down Oh, when that trump of God shall blast And that it shall leave at last There ain't no grave Gonna hold my body down Oh, go down yonder gay prep Put your foot on the land and see But don't you sound that trumpet until you hear from me Cause there ain't no grave gonna hold my body down Oh, there ain't no grave gonna hold my body down Well, when that trump of God show black And that it shall leave at last, there ain't no grave